to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another Neighborhood Watch in Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood, where we examine the comings and goings of Libertarian presidential candidate Gary Johnson and his, as always, pictured, you know, it's like the also pictured in every single picture, Bill Weld. Uh, today, I'm going to be joined by a very special guest, but before I tell you who that is, I want to direct you to where you can find the show notes for this episode, which is 246. That could be lionsofliberty.com forward slash 246. And also, I want to give a quick shout out to a libertarian podcast I think other people will also enjoy. That's uh, the Remzo Republic. He's been on the show before. We like to give a little uh, libertarian love to other people that share our our viewpoints and uh, can banter about the ideas of liberty. Now then, who's coming to the Liberty Hood, you might ask? Who's driving through this neighborhood where we occasionally throw rocks at people? Unlike Gary Johnson, we throw the rocks. It's none other than my good friend, and Felony Friday's own John Odermatt. Hey, Odie. What is up, Brian? I am ready to throw some rocks at Gary Johnson. <laughs> Excellent. Are they, I, I hope you size them up. Like, uh, do you now? Do you go for like skipping stones, or do you go for the big, heavy, just like baseball size rocks? I like to try to confuse him, so I like throw a couple pebbles. And he's like, "What is that? Is it raining? What's going on?" And then just a gigantic rock comes raining down. <laughs> it's like when you're trying to trick the guards in every single action movie, and you throw the pebble, and they turn the head to look, and then you sneak in the back door. Except with the rock, the, the back door is a giant rock you hit him with. That's exactly what it is. We're not uh, condoning that, but uh, you know, if anybody's Secret Service listening, we're not saying to do that. <laughs> So, on this episode of Mr. Johnson's Libertyhood, we're going to look at a lot of different topics, and I want to jump right into it. We're just jumping in like a, like just right into a hot tub, scalding heat. And that's going to start with the recent endorsements for Mr. Johnson from not one newspaper, but two newspapers, both the Winston-Salem Journal and the Richmond Times-Dispatch, who, uh, I mean, if I'm being honest, they demanded that Gary be in the debates. They they didn't really endorse him per se. It's more of like, hey, we're endorsing him because we feel he should be represented and libertarians should be represented in this upcoming debate. So, Odie, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, is this a good thing? And does it even matter that these newspapers are throwing any support behind Gary? Well, I think uh, maybe a little bit of both, a little contradiction. So I think... I think it's a good thing for sure. I mean, it's better than them saying Gary Johnson's a crazy person. You know, it's good that they're saying they they want his ideas in the debate, that they want a different viewpoint, a libertarian-ish viewpoint in, in the debate. So I think that's a good thing. But as I think everybody knows by now, newspapers are largely irrelevant. I mean, most people under the age of 40 or maybe 45 get their news from the Internet or Twitter or Snapchat or Instagram or whatever the hell they're looking at. So, I, I mean, in that in that way, I don't think it, it matters that much. It's better than them saying that he sucks. But, yeah, I, I think I think it is a, a good thing. Well, here's a question for you. One of the things that I've expressed before really pisses me off is in the way that things are polled. You know, they call people up. They literally just call people on the phone to poll them, which means, as we've seen in breakdowns, like I think CNNs and other ones, they rarely reach millennials in polling at all. So could newspaper endorsements actually be the key to Gary Johnson getting 15 percent because the old people are still going to read the newspapers? 
Actually, that is a pretty good point. I didn't think about that right? because the only people that read newspapers are old people. So yeah, it's like yeah. we should put you know etch it on some tombstones. So when they go to visit their relatives, they'll be like, "Oh, Gary Johnson." But there you know, you we want to make sure they don't think he's dead. So yeah, I mean, think about that because it's it really like I really I, I thought the same thing. I was like, "Who cares about newspapers? They they're, they do nothing. They impact nothing." But when you hear major media outlets reporting about it. That, you know, and old people read newspapers and Winston-Salem, that's like, it just sounds like a place a lot of old people live. It's like an old cigarette brand. So Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and also, I mean, you can't overlook the fact that his newspaper endorsements outnumber Trump. Yeah. I mean, Trump is a mainstream, he's a, the Republican candidate for president, and the Libertarian candidate has more newspaper endorsements. That alone, even with the newspaper industry going downhill, that's that's pretty darn impressive. Then Then what would you give it? I would give it a Johnson. Johnson. That's right. And I agree. I also give it a Johnson. Hard to, you know, hard to argue against. We were trying to argue against it, <laughs> but it is hard to argue against. So that's good. Gary, starting off on the right foot. I'll, uh, I'll jump right to the next topic. And I think actually the last time I had you on the show, we were talking about Bill Weld and Gary Johnson. I believe it was you. Hope it might have been Rico. I'm confusing you too, maybe, but. They were a Gary Johnson was asked about who he would name to the Supreme Court. And he basically said, oh, well, you know, I um, I, I let Bill Weld handle that that side of things, uh, which pissed me off to no end. And then Bill Weld threw out some some crappy candidates. Was that you or was that Rico? I think I think that was Rico. Ah, I remember listening to that one. And I don't remember commenting on it. So apologies. I think it apologies, my friend. Well, that's me with Rico. That's I, terrible. It's awful. He doesn't have a baby. Uh, not a small baby. <laughs> Is a large baby. He is a large baby. Uh, so, well, here's what happened recently then. So Gary Johnson was asked about the Supreme Court once more. And thankfully, Bill Weld wasn't there to steal his thunder. And he actually had an interesting answer. What he essentially said was that he was going to let Kilo uh, really stand out as a possible litmus test for Supreme Court nominees in his presidency. Now, for those who don't know, the Kilo verdict, or the Kilo ruling was essentially a ruling for eminent domain, uh, which, as we all can get, say, it really pisses us off, you know? So, and at this stage, or this case as well, it was, you know, they were taking away people's houses to give to uh, private parties to promote, quote unquote, economic development. And if, you know, if you look at Kilo right now, it's literally a giant lot. People are kicked off their land. It's just a giant lot that is filled with feral cats. And I'll link to that in the show notes. So you're going to link, you're going to link to a giant lot just full of feral cats I'm just, just gonna, roaming around. You're going to be able to pet the feral cats and catch feline aliens from them just by reaching through your screen. That's Amazing. where we've, that's where we've gone as a, as a technology. So what do you think about that? I mean, is, is Kilo a good starting point? Is it enough to, to point to Kilo or should we, seeing, should we hear more about what Gary's looking for in a Supreme Court nominee? Well, I think I mean, I think that is actually pretty good. I mean, at first when I read this, I was like, oh, that's kind of an odd answer. I wish he was, you know, gave it gave it more. It, it's, it's really a really specific answer. And I wish that he kind of gave more of a, a general, more libertarian view across the board. Yeah, because people are going to have to – like, I had to Google it. I'll be honest. And I, yeah, Kilo, I was I did, like, yeah. what? <laughs> I pulled a Gary Johnson Aleppo. I was like, uh, the what? 
But it's, yeah, exactly. It, it kind of sounds like it kind of sounds like he like had just been reading about the case before the interview. Yeah. And then uh, they asked him the question. He was like, "Oh yeah, Kilo. Yeah, that's a good one. I was just reading about <laughs> that." And it's, I think if, if 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 someone agrees with Kilo, then yeah, they shouldn't be a Supreme Court judge. That's maybe as Bill Weld off screen with a flashcard, or like I don't know about you. You should start watching the show Odie, even though you don't watch any television shows ever, since you have a small girl. I've been watching the new season of Toddlers and Tiaras. I'll admit it. I don't even care. It's freaking hilarious. But they have all these moms coaching them from behind the stage, like telling them to blow kisses and make little hearts and faces. So I'm wondering if Bill Well had keloed him. Yeah, that uh, I'm not watching that show. You I only watch HGTV and Food Network. So I invite all of our forum members and listeners to uh, to post Tyler's and Chara's memes because I love it. <laughs> it's so funny. So anyway, continue what you're saying. That, yeah, I, I agree. It's not specific or it's not broad enough. It's a very specific. People are not going to have any idea what he's talking about. That being said, it is a really good example. I mean, it's something that it's so outrageous. It infringes on personal liberty, private property. And it's just what's more egregious of a government overstep than forcing somebody off of their own private purchase land in order to give it to another private company for a dubious use, which might never happen except for the benefit of feral cats. Well, in the case of Kilo, right, it was for it was for. Uh, government use, maybe a private a private company, but it was for this government subsidized housing, right? So it wasn't even for you know, not that I would be in favor of this for a, a pipeline or, or something like that, or a baseball stadium or a casino or all the other reasons we're familiar with for uh, for them using eminent domain. But yeah, it's I mean I think what, I think just to get down to the core of it, I think it is a, a good thing. I'm glad Gary Johnson. Um, is on the same page with us here and agrees with us that this is terrible, that the the Kilo ruling is bad. But I wish he was just more clear. It seems like Gary, it's like that Rand Paul thing one sentence earlier. Rand Paul one sentence earlier. Mm. It's like one more sentence, Gary. I don't know about something else yeah. would have been better here. I don't know. One more sentence, Gary J. It's yeah. not as catchy, but... Still. But I'll, I'll, I'll give this one... Uh, okay, you know what? I'll give it a Johnson... Eh. Oh, you're taking a you're taking a page out of Ryan Stout's book. Yeah, Stout comes on one show. He comes on one show and he fucks up my whole system. (laughs) 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 Thanks a lot, Ryan. He was on. I'll I'll link to that. He was on the last Mr. Johnson Liberty. Okay, so that's a Johnson from Odie. I will give it a Johnson because I think even though I admittedly it's very obscure and he needs to explain it more, I really like that he brought it up. And I can rarely say that about Gary Johnson. So good job on that one, Gary. All right. How about I mentioned Aleppo and how I Aleppoed on Kilo. Let's talk Aleppo because it's all anybody's talking about right now. Obviously, Gary Johnson had a faux pas in the questioning that was brought up by, I believe it was a CNN uh, program. I'll, I'll link to a video on that as well. But he was asked, basically, what would you do about Aleppo if you were elected? Gary Johnson's response, of course, was... What is Aleppo? So the question is, number one, should he have known exactly what Aleppo was? Number two, should he have answered the question in the manner he answered it? And then we'll talk about his response after the fact in a minute and also the social media response. So, Odie, what do you think? I mean, if you were if you were in his shoes, how would you have handled the situation or how would you have liked to seen him handle the situation? Well, I'll I'll say first um, how I would have handled it and then how I I would have liked to. I would have handled it the same way as Gary did, because I had no idea what the heck Aleppo was. So, I mean, 
I, I can't fault him just as a, a human being, not knowing what Aleppo is, but as a presidential candidate, I think you do have to be on top of it enough to know when somebody mentions the name, mentions the name of a city in a uh, in a country where you know there's a huge crisis in Syria, where there's you know civil war and um, all kinds of you know people flee in there. There's a, the, the whole refugee crisis has originated mostly from Aleppo. So from that perspective, you know, yeah, a presidential candidate's got to know that stuff. But it is was five a.m. in the morning. Uh, you know, it's. Kind of a just an, it was an odd way to ask the question. I forget exactly what it said, but it, I think the guy said like, "So, what would you do about Aleppo?" Yeah, just it, an it odd way to the, ask. It about wasn't even it. in the context of Syria. I don't believe it was like the, it was like the first question on getting to the topic of Syria without any sort of context. Yeah, it was it was strange. It was almost like they were intentionally trying to get him there. I, I'm not sure if that's a conspiracy, but it, it seemed like it to me. It did, I agree. It did seem like a gotcha question to me as well. And even though with Hillary Clinton's obvious uh, ties to Syria, I wonder if she would have answered that question. We know, I can say definitively, Donald Trump would not have known what to say. As much as he could say, oh, blah, 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 blah you should have known it. He would not have known what Aleppo was either. I mean, you and well, he, I. And, he, he, he would have said something like, "Oh, you got a stupid face." <laughs> I Aleppo, I, I, I love that dog food. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, you're right, though. I don't. I didn't know what Aleppo was. I had to. I had to look it up, and I mean, I consider myself pretty well versed as far as, especially with what's going on in foreign policy, because it's a it's a a passionate point for me and not for all of us. I didn't know what Aleppo was. I've never heard in my life somebody reference Aleppo that I can recall until right now, but. I do agree with you. I'm not Gary Johnson. I'm not running for president. I'm not somebody that goes on television and should be well-versed exactly what's going on in a place like Syria, where the U.S. is involved, where there's all sorts of conflict going on, and there is a refugee crisis. So with that being said, it's hard and inescapable to give him anything but a Johnson off. Do you agree? Yeah, I got to agree with you here. I mean, it's not, uh, you know... I don't think anyone, and if anyone is deciding who they're voting for based on this Aleppo gaffe, then you know I don't know what's wrong with them. If, if they want somebody who knows the name of every you know city that the United States government is bombing, then just vote for Hillary Clinton. But you, you got to give Gary Johnson a Johns off for this one. Yeah. Now his response, I did like though. And it was basically he this this is the statement he had put out and uh, it was linked to it on Facebook, et cetera, which is good because everybody was talking about it on Facebook. I'm just going to read a short excerpt from it. This morning, I began. Should I do the the voice? No, no. <laughs> this morning, I began my day by setting aside any doubt that I'm human. Uh, yes, I understand the dynamics of the Syrian conflict. I talk about them every day, but hit with, quote, what about Aleppo, unquote. I immediately was thinking about an acronym, not the Syrian conflict. I blanked. It happens, and it will happen again during the course of his camp of this campaign. Can I name every every city in Syria? No. Should I have identified Aleppo? Yes. Do I understand its significance? Yes. So now I wish he had not said it will happen again during the course of this campaign. That could have been left out. <laughs> but overall, the sentiment of that statement I thought was pretty good. I mean, look. He is human, and he's pointing out the fact that, you know, he's going to error. And I've given him credit before during this campaign for admitting, yes, I can make mistakes, and I will recognize and try to correct those mistakes, which is refreshing to hear. Yeah, I think it was it was a good statement. I mean, you got to give Gary Johnson credit. The one thing that he holds clearly above these other two candidates is he seems like a real person 
who is legitimately an honest human being, which is I don't think Trump or Hillary come can touch him on that. They're not close to him. So it's it, it was a refreshing statement, a good statement. Uh, I, I wish that he had uh, talked more about foreign policy in it, and you know the reason why Aleppo is is such a such an issue, and sort of pointed back at Hillary Clinton, but he didn't. But for for what it was, I think it was a win, and I'll give it to Johnson. All right, Johnson from Odie. I will. Hmm, I will reserve. You know, I, it's interesting. Before I give it a grade. I want to talk about I've, – I've seen a lot of articles actually saying how this could be a great thing for Gary Johnson because it had 8.1 million Facebook shares. And, you know, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump have like 86 million a day. So it's still only one-tenth. It's not even as much percent as he needs to get into the debate of Facebook mentions. But – it did create the largest groundswell of conversation about Gary Johnson since he first announced his candidacy and started speaking out as a third party. So a lot of that, of course, is going to be really negative. But as you said, the fact that if, if somebody's going to say, well, I'm not voting for Gary Johnson now, they weren't going to vote for him anyway. And I like this statement. So, all right, Johnson. All right. You know what, guys? Before we continue, I want to take a quick break and I want to throw it over to uh, to Mark, who's got a little mention from another friend of ours. Hey, guys, Mark Claire here to tell you about another great libertarian podcast. This one brought to you by my friend Remzo W. Martinez with his new program, The Remzo Republic. Now, I have to admit, this show holds a special place in my heart because Remzo started listening to the Lions of Liberty podcast several years ago. And this program was a major influence on his beliefs and eventually helped inspire the launch of the Remzo Republic. He even had me on as his very first guest. But this is no amateur hour. Remzo has put together an extremely professional-sounding program, and I find his approach to interviews really refreshing. Remzo is a laid-back, funny dude who is a master at driving conversations forward, and he isn't obsessed with shoving dogma down everyone's throats. You can find the Remzo Republic on many platforms, including Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Google Play. So check out the Remzo Republic, the clash between punk rock and politics. All right, guys, we're back in. The friend was Remzo again. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Remzo's all over this podcast, man. He's painting he's this a podcast. Guy. You, you got to love Remzo. Yeah, he's a good dude. Good dude, Remzo. So next topic, John. Uh, I think you had one. Actually, oh, no, no. You're, you're going to bring up one in a minute. Let's talk just really quick because this is a, a fast one. I'm going to preface this and everybody's going to know where I'm going when I say this. Ron Paul happened to always get a certain sector of the populace behind him. And a very important section of the populace who knows a lot about foreign policy. Who are they, Odie? Uh, racists. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, it's uh, the military, the military. Correct. Yes, exactly right. The military, people that are currently in the military and, of course, former military members, veterans, they are once again rallying behind the libertarian point of view and the libertarian cause. And I've never understood for the life of me why people don't see the significance of that, that people have actually been in armed conflict, say, no, no, we shouldn't go with this nutball or that nutball. Because libertarians actually know what they're talking about. We should need, we need to pull back from this because all we're doing is creating more war and more blowback every time. 
So anything to add on that? Like I said, this will be a quickie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, you have Hillary Clinton, who is the devil and will probably start at least three more wars. And you have Donald Trump, who has said that he wants to bomb the shit out of ISIS, <laughs> uh, which, I mean, maybe if, if that's done precisely, could be a good thing. But if it's just raining down bombs across the Middle East, you know, can't get behind that. So, of course, people in the military don't want to be put in a terrible position. So they go with the one person who seems the most sane. So I'll give it to Johnson. Johnson is right. And I love how you called Hillary the devil, but I mean, if, if her health keeps declining, we may find out. If she if she suddenly leans her head back and a cloud of black smoke comes out of it, we're going to know that she was actually the devil. Well, Bill recently referred to her as a demon. Did you see that? Did he, <laughs> no, I didn't he see said, that. He said she works like a demon. Like, that's a direct quote. So, so that is, that actually makes a lot of sense because she seems to continuously take joy in flaying people and uh, you know torturing torturing ind- individual people across the globe. So that makes a lot of sense that she uh, she works like a demon. Works as a demon. We're going to go a step farther. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Odie, your turn so, here. You, you yeah, so, one, you so the one up. here, and I think I actually posted this in the uh, the good old Lions of Liberty Forum. And if you guys aren't members, you can check out the Lions of Liberty Forum on Facebook by typing Lions of Liberty Forum in the search bar and uh, and joining. And we'll approve you as long as you look like you are uh, libertarian and you look like a normal person. So try that out. So I posted this article about the one, the only Arnold Schwarzenegger saying that Gary Johnson and the Libertarian Party needs to be in the debates. We need to hear from their view. It wasn't a full-out endorsement of Gary Johnson, but he was saying Gary Johnson needs to be in the debates. And all, all I got to say to that is, get to the chopper! <laughs> get to the chopper! <laughs> yes! Uh, yeah, man, I, I, love, I love Schwarzenegger stepping out and saying something. And I love that this is, you know, this follows a series of other celebrities, not, well, some are outwardly endorsing Johnson, like Larry the Cable Guy, like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Melissa Joan Hart, and of course, you know, Mitt Romney stepping up and saying, hey, I want them to be in the debates. And I know you're, that's a a topic that you found particularly interesting is Romney's support. And and there's a conspiracy theory, well, not conspiracy theory, but you have a a sneaking suspicion something's coming down the road with him as well, right? Yeah. For those that have been following, uh, following our podcast here, you might have heard on our last little libertarian roundtable that I've been, I've had Mitt Romney's phone tapped, just waiting (laughs) for the moment when I know he's going to endorse Gary Johnson. And I can tell you, it's coming very soon. I would say within the next uh, two to three weeks, we're going to hear a uh, Gary Johnson endorsement from Mitt Romney. Wow. Bold prediction. I like it. Hey, everybody write that down. Put it in your eye calendars. Two to three weeks, Mitt Romney. I believe it'll happen. I believe in you, John. And I can't wait to give it what this is also going to get. A Johnson! Yeah, I, I mean, I'll definitely give the Schwarzenegger thing calling for to get Gary in the debates a Johnson. I, uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll wait to give. Can we wait to score the, the Mitt Romney one for another day? Because, you know, it's, it's right. sort of a complicated issue. All but. right. We can we, we can wait on that. <laughs> um, all right. So let's move on then to the place that we all dread. I basically, I think I'm more afraid of where we're going to go now than I am of going to Syria, if I'm being perfectly honest. But but either way, we got to go there. Yes, we're going into the mind weld. This week's mind weld 
I'm not going to lie. It's not all bad. It's all drawn from one article, though. One piece, because I, I was trying to find more Bill Weld news. But to be honest, he's been a little bit quiet as of late. But he did do an interview with MarketWatch.com. which is a popular website for people that are financially inclined, but they've kind of branched out to other things. And this one actually was posted in our forum and drawn my uh, drew my attention by our forum member, Jacob Lindsay. Hi, Jacob. Thanks a lot for uh, contributing to the site. And it basically focuses on a lot of different issues, but there's a few I wanted to key on. The very first of which ties into Aleppo, because how could you not talk about Aleppo? Of course, if Bill Weld goes out there, people are going to be like, what did you think of Gary effing up? So here's what he had to say. He's been saying, uh, this is Bill talking about Gary. He's been saying for months that it's a mess because we armed the rebels. The rebels lost their arms and they wound up in the hands of ISIS. Gary, as a libertarian, is somewhat less inclined towards regime change, military strikes than, for example, Secretary Clinton is. That's a legitimate position. And I think it's the reason why Gary pulls number one among military personnel, both active and retired in their families, because military, military personnel understand the costs of wars. We've been at war in one place or the other in the world for almost 40 years. So that's something that Gary and I are inclined to take a dim view of. I think many people, if not most people, agree with that. What do you think about that statement? Well, I think it's a really interesting statement for a couple reasons. Um, one thing, I, I wish that Gary could say this himself and articulate it this way. I think uh, Bill Weld did a great job articulating Gary's position for him. And I think the most interesting part is Bill Weld actually points out a difference between between Hillary Clinton, who he has uh, sort of praised before and had kind's word, kind words for and called her an old friend or a Called her yeah. a good kid, I think was what he called her. <laughs> so it, it was it was interesting to see that you know Bill Welts pointed out that Hillary Clinton has a little more aggressive foreign policy than Gary Johnson. So that was good to see. Yeah, this is the first time I can actually remember Bill Weld ever even saying anything slightly uh, inconsiderate towards Hillary Clinton. So yeah, it, it it was great to see. And and you know what? Very coherent. And I hate to say it, Bill Weld, even though we don't agree with him, uh, does tend to explain positions better. Now, whether or not we agree with those positions and how he's saying it is, is up for debate, but he tends to express himself more clearly. And I think he did a pretty good job of explaining how these things happen, why regime change is bad, how the arms are ending up coming back to haunt us and, you know, and and defending Gary and, and just saying he knows what he's talking about. So which which is a bit surprising that he can explain things so well, considering he drinks a fifth of Jim Beam every night. But well, that's what he know, puts his head in the freezer for. What do you think? You know, kind of wakes him up, chills him out. I don't know if you've ever been ice fishing, but you could drink about <laughs> 45, 50 beers easily. It's that cold. I might have to try it. Might have to try it. There you go. You should try it. It's fucking fun. <laughs> All right. So what do you what would you give this? What would you give Weld here? I, I got to give Bill Weld. I think it's the first time I've ever done this before. I got to give him a Johnson. <laughs> I agree, Johnson, as I fight back the bile in my throat, as I'd say it. It is hard. It's like, oh, God, I got really, I got to give Bill Weld a, a Johnson, really. But you know what? Hey, maybe he's learning. Maybe, or maybe he's getting better at faking it, I should say. All right. So another one coming from the same piece. Bill Weld has asked about closing bases and, you know, it actually all started from reigning in the budget is how this question got brought up. And it got turned to the fact that Bill Weld mentioned the dubious figure that the Pentagon says 20% of bases can be closed. Now, I, I basically talked about that with Rico in a, another episode and debunked that figure. It's not, not accurate. 
uh, what they said is that there's 20% of basically extra room. That doesn't mean 20% of bases can be closed. Still, it is waste. But Bill then went on to talk about a base named Fort Devens that was closed while he was in office. He oversaw that and he was in office during it. And then it was it was turned into an economic development area called, uh, I think, like the Devon, I don't know, something like that, economic division. So what happened, though, is that he's touting this thing and you say on the surface, you say, oh, that's great. OK, a government base is being closed down. And turned into something that can be used by the citizens. You know, ostensibly you think, oh, the land is being sold off to private citizens or private companies, and then they can use it to the benefit of the town. What really happened, though, as I looked into it, is that Bill Weld actually took over the land uh, on a state level. Now, this was agreed to under pressure, essentially, by the three towns that surrounded it. And how that came to be was that, you know, they every time a base closes, typically what happens is that the area goes into an economic depression because all these people's jobs for supporting the troops and, you know, feeding them and, and providing all this other crap that they're going to buy when they're around, that goes tits up. So these people said, OK, OK, yeah, OK, we're in. And they made this deal, essentially, to say, OK, we're, we're going to allow you to develop this thing, but we have to be involved in all the decision making X, Y, Z. And they had all these conditions. What ended up happening was that this development area did okay, but there were a lot of things, like a lot of different companies that the towns did not want to come in there that were, you know, pollutants. Um, there were different, you know, manufacturing entities. And the townspeople basically got got uh, the short shrift, and they're passing through all of these things very quickly before the towns had any say in them. So what do you think about that, Odie, if you were able to follow my rambling? Yeah, no, it makes it made made good sense, and it's uh, you know it's it's not surprising. You know this this was this happened when Bill Weld was governor, right? Of Massachusetts. Correct. That's correct. So he's Bill Weld, a bit of a crony, has a crony streak, and I think this reeks of crony capitalism. Um, you know, taking the base from the military, and essentially it's not going to private parties. It wasn't going to the highest bidder. It probably was not ever even for sale. It probably just transferred to handpicked companies or handpicked corporations to uh, to take over, and then they just you know ran stuff ran stuff by and put the put the put the pollutants or whatever the the companies that pollute put you know changed regulations, changed uh, got the proper permitting in place in order to uh, in order to go around anyone who would object in the local community. So it's it's really I think at the the core of it, it's tragedy of the commons. You know, you have a, a public area that was a military base and now a public area that is being abused and used as a uh, stimulant for crony capitalism. So it's it's no good. There's really, um, really nothing good about this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's one of those things where some people will point at it and say, well, the ends justify the means because the actual area, the Fort Devons little base area itself, the companies that are based there are doing well. But again, this is to the detriment of the towns around it who are not benefiting as promised, who do not have a say as they were promised. And yeah, as you said, it's crony capitalism and Bill Weld saying, oh, well, I did this great thing. No, you didn't do a great thing because you're taking government and you're overstepping it. You're buying this property up. Uh, yeah. So John's off. I would agree. John's off. Good. Now, one more we're going to talk about just to wrap it up. So, Towards the end of this, they were talking about taxation, and Bill Weld said, you know, oh, yes, we'd like to eliminate the IRS, although he later then kind of went back on that, as he likes to do. But he did have a quote, which I enjoyed, 
And again, which our uh, our forum friend pointed out specifically, good old Jacob, and that is this. Quote, I sometimes say taxation is theft because it is coercive. It's theft by the government from the people as far as it goes. Obviously, you need some level of taxation, but I think anything that brings the level of taxation down is a good thing. So what to make of that statement? What's your take on that? Well, to simplify that statement, he's saying, obviously, uh, taxation is coercion, but obviously you need some coercion to have a uh, <laughs> civil society. So uh, I don't know. It doesn't make any freaking sense. I guess he doesn't think people can work together and the, and the market can work in a uh, in a free way. So apparently not. Yeah, it's, it, it is. And he did this a couple of times in this interview on this topic where he's like, yeah, yeah, no, this is we're against it. But but, you know, we're kind of for it. It's like uh, in a, a couple of weeks ago, he had this quote where he's. They said any taxation over thirty three percent is criminal. And it's like, so you're fine with it up to thirty three percent? Like what? Thirty two and a half. Thirty two and a half percent. Yeah. <laughs> so, what would you give it then? What's your grade? This is a jaunts off. It's got to be big time. Jaunts off is right. He started off. I mean, when you hear somebody say taxation is theft and talk about coercive government, you want to be like, oh yeah, got my liberty bone on. But man, yeah, John's off. He just erased all the good that it was really done. just just kills the mood. Just kills the it mood. It really does. Blow out the candles, turn off the Kenny G. So that'll do it, Odie. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you all for listening to our latest issue of Mr. Johnson's Liberty Hood. And I will be including the full song at the end. I had a request to play the full, the full impression of me singing in Mr. John, I guess Mr. Rogers' voice as Gary Johnson. It's a double can't, impression. Can't wait to hear that. Thanks for having me on, man. <laughs> yeah, always good to have you. And guys, make sure you check out Felony Friday. That is every Friday on Lions of Liberty. Odie, where can they find the archives for Felony Friday? Well, you can find the archives at lionsofliberty.com slash Felony Friday. We do it. We've had had some technical difficulties that were getting worked out, but they should be back up. Should be back up soon, hopefully. Yeah, it'll, I'm, it'll all be fine. It'll all be great. It'll maybe. be fine. It'll work out. Just go to, just go to the link. Go just to the go to the link. And it'll be all good. <laughs> all right, guys, that's going to wrap our show. Odie, thanks again. And let's let Mark take us home. Live long and live free. It's a beautiful day in this liberty hood. A beautiful day for a candidate. Would he be mine? Could he be mine? It's a liberty day in this Johnson Wood. A liberty-ish day for a Gary. Would he be mine? Could he be mine? I've never wanted to have a candidate just like you. I've always wanted to have a real libertarian who's schooled. But let's make the most of this beautiful day Since we're together, we might as well say Would he be mine? Could he be mine? As long as he acts libertarian Won't you please, won't you please Please, won't you be a principled libertarian?